Everything That Rocks, Laser 103.3. And time for today's edition of the Hall Pass. My special guest cut his teeth in the punk rock scene of his native Seattle, Washington in the late 1970s before transplanting to Los Angeles, where he met some like-minded guys that went on to record perhaps the greatest debut album in the history of rock and roll. He became a household name as the bassist of the legendary Guns N' Roses and eventually went on to play with countless others you know by name in bands like Velvet Revolver, Loaded, and more. Joining me via the Laser Hotline, I'm proud to welcome Duff McKagan to these airwaves. Hey, Andy, how are you, man? I'm great. It's awesome to have you on the show again. Thanks so much for the opportunity. You got it. Excited to get our ears on Tenderness. Your third album as a solo artist drops on Friday. And judging by the first few tracks that have been put out there in advance, this isn't the Duff McKagan many are probably expecting. And you're probably right about that. This kind of more austere, uh, restrained sort of music is something I've wanted to do. I've made little fits and starts at it over the last 20 years, but it's something I want to do for a long time since the mid nineties. And, uh, and I just keep trying to grow as a musician and, and, and push boundaries. And it helps me be a better you know, band member for, you know, for guns, for whatever else I do, just because I'm not kind of sat in one place musically. And this record is really something I'm proud of. It is different, but the message, I think, and, um, the, the attitude is still sort of the same. I can't lose that. I can't shake that, but uh, I'm proud of this record. 11 songs, all inspired by your recent global travels on GNR's Not In This Lifetime tour, which was a pretty sizable window of time, over two and a half years worth of people, places, and events that sparked the concept yeah. behind these tunes. Nobody can argue. It's, it's been an interesting time in our history, uh, the two and a half years that we were touring, and seeing, I, I really, I turned off the news and I turned off, I, I stopped having Yahoo as my homepage and my, my damn computer. And I, uh, I went down a news rabbit hole before I left on tour. And I just, I read so much history and I know I, I'm kind of smarter than that. Like I saw the panels and all that coming on in the news and people yelling and screaming and say, talking about this the divide and red states and blue states. And I just turned it off when I tour since I've been sober, so for 25 years, you know, I've been, I go and visit the places I read about in my history books. I'm a, I'm a tourist, man. And I go to really cool off the beaten track places. And, um, and when you do that, you actually, you talk to people. And I got out there and started talking to a lot of people because I was seeing all this stuff, everything from Monticello to like, you know, airboat guy seeing alligators in Louisiana to little bighorn World War One Museum in Kansas City, every, every, just a ton of stuff, and I really realized that this divide and, and this red state blue state thing. There was no red states and there's no blue states, and, and the divide we it's just not there, man. Like we go, we work together, we do things together, we root for the same football teams and, and baseball teams and basketball teams, and we rock out or whatever to the same music, and nobody really talks about politics at all. And I, I just kind of started writing little vignettes about it. And it was possibly going to be my third book, but it became this record. There's also a nod to those that have uh, passed away and undeniably yeah. left a mark on you as a human being as well as an artist. Yeah, a lot of things happened in that two and a half years, you know. Um, and I was still dealing with kind of the aftermath of Scott Weiland 
passing away, I didn't really know how to deal with that. I, I didn't accept it, uh, I guess. And um, I've, I've, unfortunately, I've lost a lot of friends before that as well. And uh, when we started the tour, Prince passed away, who's Prince is one of my all-time, I mean, all-time. I, I, one of his records really saved me back when I was 18. And, and then Chris Cornell and then Chester. And I'm friends, you know, my wife and I are friends with Chester and Talita Bennington and the family and, and, and Chris. And, you know, we have daughters two weeks apart. They, we had girls, you know, our wives had the girls, not us. But at the same time, you know, we had little babies together. So we, people I know, you know, and uh, I wrote this song called Feel, which is kind of, I don't name any of those people in the song, but it's just a, a kind of a remembrance song and uh, I think maybe how we all feel about lost loved ones. I'm glad you brought Prince up. I was fortunate to be born and raised in Minneapolis where Prince albums were Ooh. they were standard issue there, you know. Uh, the line I always use is, if you didn't own 1999 or Purple Rain, you were probably an import. Yeah, I mean, even, yeah, and the records before that too, but you know, like, and, the, and it's like for me, that, that song, Something in the Water You Drink. Oh yeah. Off of 1999. That, that song, it's apropos to nothing in my life at that time when I was 18, but a lot was going on in Seattle at that time. A lot of heroin was coming in. I, I was playing music. It came into my band and wiped out my band, you know, and my roommate and my girlfriend. And that song kind of, for some reason, you know, how everybody, you hold on to one song. Uh, can pull you through all kinds of things, and that song did it for me. Duff McKagan is my special guest. Again, his new solo album, Tenderness, arrives this Friday. And what I think I like best about what I've heard of it so far, Duff, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, is your ability to showcase a versatility that really broadens your brand. And I'm not sure it's easy in this day and age. You're, you're kind of pigeonholed, aren't you, when you're part of such monumental bands like GNR and Velvet Revolver? I think I'm still pigeonholed as a drunk. You know, and that <laughs> sure. was so long ago. Um, for some reason, people are, are surprised that I, I can articulate words, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm thankful for that, too, for the record. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't really know. And I, I, I try to broaden myself as a musician constantly. I, I know that I'm, I'm lucky and blessed that I have that in me, that I'm still curious and mystified by music and, and you know i take lessons i do all kinds of strange stuff listen to different music and and um and this record was an exercise in me taking a left turn on, on really austere kind of music um something i wanted to do for over 20 years and finally kind of sat down and got shooter jennings to produce the record and, and he really believed in the songs and he knows how to take it that the direction I wanted to go. And we were referencing things like ELO and, and Paul McCartney records and, and Elton John and, and, a, and one Willie Nelson record uh, from like 87, a, a concept, or 77, I'm sorry, a concept record called Phases and Stages. We weren't trying to copy any of it, but we were just kind of referencing the sounds and, and, and concepts of, of those artists. It seems to me you couldn't have picked a better producer than Shooter, and I'm a big fan of his as well. I mean, it, you know, I've known him since he moved to L.A. I, I recognized him. I didn't know he's Whalen's kid. I, he was in his band called Stargun, and they opened for my band Loaded. You know, one out of every ten musicians you see, the young ones, you know, like, there's 
there's a lifer. They're, the one is a lifer. That's they're, they're, they can't breathe without it. And the other nine, they got some other backup plan or, you know, they're, if it doesn't work out, they're going to go back home. And our new shooter wasn't going to go back home. Um, and we've been friends this whole time. And when this, I had these songs and Shooter came up as a producer for the record, you're right. It was perfect. You've been a band's practically your entire musical career, which I imagine requires you to be kind of a social chameleon in order to make it work. With GNR, there's a ton of history there when it comes to the creative process. So what's it like working with a completely different set of musicians like you've done with this album? Well, I mean, I, I, I get to do things where I play with different people. I, I, you know, I've played with all kinds of people in my career. I've really been lucky. You know, I've got to play with some of my heroes. Um, this is different, you know, in that it was Shooter's Band. They're session cats, you know, like they do a lot of different sessions, but they really understood the intent of each song, like the lyrical intent and the, they're, they're really good at that. They're chameleons. I was just doing my thing and they made me sound good. Duff, I know it's not a new concept for you, but stepping out and being a front man and a singer, when for much of your career you've been a different kind of role player in a bigger picture situation, has that always been a natural fit for you as a performer? I mean, I did it with Loaded for, for years. And, um, you know, you have to, it's a different thing. Like, you can't talk on gig days, you know? Like, it sucks. <laughs> like, I see Axel, like, he is the hardest working singer I know. So I, I've gotten a lot of tips from him over the years, especially his last tour we did. You know, he does hour and a half warm ups before the shows. He does hour and a half warm downs after the show wow. so that he can preserve his voice for a long tour. We play three and a half hour shows, you know? So I took a lot of notes on how to do this, this run I'm going to do. And they're all from him. He's a master. The guy's a master. Being the front guy of, of this tour, this is a personal message. This is, I hope to spread some, some peace and harmony, you know, uh, if that's not too uh, lofty of a thing to say. But music is about togetherness, uh, and the, the topics in the song, I had to say something now. You know, my daughters are 18 and 21. I want to be the, the leader of my family and, and lead by example. And uh, I'm doing some nonprofit things with this record for homelessness and opiate addiction and and um, mental awareness and some other things that we hope to get into. So th there's a there's a separate arm of this record that I hope to really spread, like us helping each other out. I read so much history. We always like trusted a politician or a king or you know something to cure our problems. That's never happened. It's been us helping each other. That's how we've, we've moved forward. So the record kind of hopefully indulged that idea. Wrapping up today's edition of the Hall Pass with the one, the only, Duff McKagan. Look forward to getting our hands on Tenderness. His new solo album arrives on Friday. A couple more quick items for you, Duff, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on the show today. Seattle is the place where you were born and raised, but when you move to Los Angeles and eventually become a part of an international touring band, does home become a complicated concept, or do you still feel like you're going home when you see Seattle on your tour itinerary? Well, I do. I live in Seattle. So Seattle is home. Uh, I, I moved there in 93, so it's been home. 
Um, I work out of Los Angeles. That's how I like to I prefer to to put that all in my head. Um, but yeah, I, a concept of home is something I, I really uh, uh, I think I'm lucky to have. Um, LA is great, and I consider it my second home for sure. But traveling as much as I do, I also consider London like a second home. You know, kind of reminds me of Seattle. But I am a you know Seahawks diehard. Believe it or not, you know, I'm a Mariners diehard. Yep. <laughs> laugh, laugh later, and we're going to get our Sonics back. Boy, I hope so. That that city needs an NBA franchise in the worst way. It really does. In the worst way. It, it really, really does. does yeah. Speaking yeah. of tour, real quick, you're on the road with Shooter and his band through the summer months, first across the U.S. and then over to Europe. When you're in touring mode, are you focused solely on this, or are there other irons in the fire during that time? I always have a good acoustic guitar with me and I always have my garage band up and I, I write a lot but when I'm on tour yeah I mean I have a ritual you know it's get up coffee water banana gym you know shower sound check in this case do my vocal warm ups gig vocal warm downs get on the bus and go That that's it on the days off I'll go out and see my, my historical goofy stuff. It's not a luxury everybody's got, no question about it. So that's great that you're able to get out and meet some folks. And boy, look at that, inspire an entire album of new songs. I love it. Yeah, 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 I did. And I don't do it often these days, but this one's a vinyl pre-order for me. Tenderness coming out on Friday. Yeah, we did it. Um, you know, I rec- I, I, records are really coming back. And we did we recorded this record analog for those of you who know what that means. Tape. And so it, it does sound, we made it for vinyl, uh, which is how we, we used to do it. Um, we recorded this record to sound good on vinyl. It'll sound good on a CD, but uh, if you if you got a record playing, get this on vinyl, you'll hear the, like the 70 ish themes that we are going for. Can't wait to drop the needle on this one, Duff. Nice. Thank you for taking the time for me. Thank you very much. Cheers. Okay. Thanks so much.